0: Hello Alive Youth and welcome to episode five of our new Hopeful series. We hope you're doing well, hope you enjoyed church this morning. Today uh, we are here for another episode and I am joined by Nick as always, hey Nick. Hello Matthew, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are also joined with our executive pastor at Alive Church, uh,
1: Howard Williams. Howard, how are you doing? Very well, thanks Matt. Yeah, very well and welcome to both of you, great to see you both today.
0: Brilliant. How how are you feeling about being involved with a a youth podcast today?
1: Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, Really honoured. I'm I'm a dad. I've got two um, young. uh, (laughs) I've got two in youth, uh, and uh, they're loving it. They're growing in God. They're being discipled under all that you're doing. So yeah, I'm honoured to be a part of this.
0: Brilliant. Good. Well. it's it's a a call and it's a podcast so you're not gonna have to deal, deal with many of our normal youth features um so there's no food today and there's no like uh, waxing of legs or anything like that we're just gonna talk through some topics i've already waxed
1: my legs we're okay we're, we're all right
0: out. Super. Um, well, in a minute, we're going to get in, into a little bit of a chat about, uh, about faith and, and how we can maybe uh, sometimes uh, doubt our faith and how hope can help us with that. Uh, but before we get stuck into that, we want to ask you some questions um, that have got absolutely nothing to do with deep um, spiritual things. So I want to start <laughs> straight in with Um, This is our favourite question to ask everyone that joins us. Can you please tell us an embarrassing story from your past, something that's definitely going to make us laugh and hopefully will make your children cringe as they listen to this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't don't know about either of those things, but um, when I was first married, uh, so I'd have been 23, Um, And we got married in the middle of August and we went on a very short honeymoon and the rest of our honeymoon was uh, one event or grapevine as it was at the time, shall we say. And um, I remember walking with Claire, my wife, uh, to one of the late night venues, which would be similar to one of the youth venues uh, and those sort of things. And as we entered the venue... Um, I stopped at the doorway uh, to speak to one of the stewards there, thinking that Claire had stopped with me. I was in mid-conversation with this person and um, she'd carried on, walked on. So we walked into the venue uh, and I thought I was walking with Claire. Uh, We went to stand at the back to watch the band and to enjoy uh, the event that was taking place that evening. I put my arm around her. Um, and um, then started to realise that this wasn't uh, exactly Claire. Uh, It felt like this person was slightly smaller than Claire. Um, And also bizarrely wearing a cagoule, which um, Claire I don't think had ever even owned. Turned out that I was actually putting my arm around probably a 70 or 80 year old uh, lady who um, at the time was wearing a cagoule that was pulled up over her face. And um, I, um, yeah, I just looked down at her, gave her a very odd looking smile. uh, And at the time just said, you're not my wife. that was my, uh, my uh, meeting of this person and my uh, interaction with her. So um, at the time, it wasn't particularly embarrassing for anyone, anyone other than myself because no one else really witnessed it. But it's one of those great stories that you kind of tell of that really awkward moment in life where you're like, oh, man, please swallow me up. That's
0: amazing. <laughs> wow. Was it, was it like, a, like, a, like a firm statement, like, you're not my wife? Or was it like, a
1: oh, you're, you're not my wife? <laughs> Yeah, definitely the second of those two. Yeah, I mean, like, like more puzzled that she wasn't my wife. This, this kind of sense of, you should be my wife, but you're not. <laughs> that sense of, yeah, so I, I, yeah, it was m- most definitely very puzzled.
2: That is amazing. How long was it from when you stopped to when you, like, walked into the venue and then stuck your arm around, around this um, elderly lady? How, how long were we talking here? Oh,
1: well, it felt like about six days. <laughs> uh, I, I imagine a couple of minutes. Uh, I mean, I wasn't stood there for a couple of minutes with my arm around her. That would have been really awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah, the fact that if it had been like more than a
0: minute and the woman just let you carry on, like she was yeah, like, I'll, I'll take an arm around to the shelter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's,
1: that, there's always that awkward thing where you hug a friend and you just leave it lingering a little bit too long. Um, I just felt the fact my arm was around her was just a little bit too long anyway.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, an
0: exclusively Christian thing, though, I think. The, the long hug. <laughs> like, yeah,
2: you, you love a, bit of a hug, do Oh, I love a hug. Yeah, I'm, I think I miss hugs a lot. I
0: don't. <laughs> I really don't. I love it. I've, I've not had any Christian that I half kind of know come up to me and try to hug me for like 10 weeks, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm really okay with it. So, well, talking about the, the last 10 weeks, Howard, have you, um, lockdown's obviously been a little bit different. How's it been for you guys? Has it been down for all, how's it been for all of the, the Williams, I guess?
1: Yeah, it's been, a, it's been an interesting season, hasn't it, for all of us. There's five of us in our house and um, there's four boys, uh, including myself and uh, Claire. So I imagine if you ask Claire, it'd be quite a different story to the four of us um, lots of music in the house, uh, our elder two have um, been drumming and keyboard playing and singing and recording and all those sort of things. So it's quite creative, uh, our youngest one's just returned to school, he's in year one. So um, he just loved for 10 weeks doing headstands on the sofa. Um, and. Um, those sort of things we've played lots of football in our back garden we have no grass left uh we've had lo- lots of that kind of great family time um and um yeah so i think uh it's been a it's been an interesting um 10 weeks lots of things you miss isn't there like connection to wider family connection to friends um you get tired of zoom calls and all those sort of things but uh, for us it's been a time of rest blessing with the family uh, a sense of, um, I suppose a slightly different pace in life as well. So yeah, a mixture of both blessing and also things that you really miss.
0: That's great, yeah, that's wicked, yeah. Talking talk about Zoom, just like give us an estimate. How many Zoom slash Google Hangouts slash Microsoft Teams meetings do you think you have done?
1: <laughs> oh, way too many. <laughs> um, I Well, in those first few weeks, I was just on it permanently um, I was running meetings back to back the worst ones have been where you're in a meeting and you know another meeting started um, and you, they're just over one over the top of the next and um, yeah I, they're not they're not conducive to good mental health space are these zoom calls they're just so tiring um, but yeah a lot uh, I don't know. <laughs> that was wicked.
2: Um, and do you feel like you've maybe learnt something over lockdown that you could share with us briefly?
1: Yeah, I I think the big thing the big thing for me has been the joy of um the rhythm of life uh, in this season that has has felt. I mean, certainly the first few weeks it was pretty frenetic, but 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 more recently it's been less frenetic. It's been less busy. Um, it's still very full, um, but it's less busy. And and some of the kind of things that contribute to that, so less travel, uh, less time away from the family, um, all of those sort of things have really added to quite a nice rhythm uh, in this season. And that's something I'd really like to try and take forward. Um, This sense that actually it's not a relentless pace. We don't have to live at that. Uh, Actually, God calls us to live by a different pace. And if we can... um, Find that and discover that in him. There's a sense of joy in that as well. So for me, it's again very much centered around finding a rhythm with God. And in uh, this season, it's been forced, but it's been great.
2: Yeah, that's great. Love that. Yeah, I think all of us have got got something that we can learn from this time because it is is yeah. like you said, it's a time that we haven't had before. It's very different. Very, um it's caused us to change loads. And I think yeah, like love the fact that you've learned learned that about. Um, about your life and your family as well. So that's really, really cool to hear. Um, so today, um, let's um, focus in a bit more on our hope series. So um, we want to talk about a different aspect of hope today than we have previously. So we want to um, ask you a few questions, Howard, around um, how we deal with losing hope um, and how we can overcome those things. Um, but yeah. first, let's just start with some scripture from 1 John 5, verse 4 to 5. I'll just read it out for everyone. It says this. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God.
0: Great, love that verse. So that verse kind of it really points us to a clear aspect of like our faith, that our faith and our hope is in Jesus. It's Jesus that allows us to overcome death, and that actually it's our belief in. Uh, that what we would call a fact <laughs> I would say is a fact that Jesus did that he, he died and rose again so if if it kind of relies on that belief um that Jesus did that and that he is God um can we can we lose that faith can we lose that hope and, and actually how do we deal with the idea of maybe doubting those things or uh, doubting our hope in that Howard
1: Yeah, what a great passage, isn't it? And only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And it all stems and starts in Jesus. Um, uh, I'd just like to um, draw out another scripture, actually, around the word hope. And I'm sure it's one that you've used uh, a number of times over the last few weeks. But Romans 5, verses 1 to 5, speaks of hope and how hope is developed. Uh, It says this, And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. So for me, hope is something that is developed in us over time. So hope isn't a fleeting feeling. It's not something that we just grasp to in a momentary moment, but it's something that is developed in us through a series of things that are taking place. One of those is perseverance. And I think in this season, many of us have had to be tested or be uh, developed in our perseverance. Um, That is developed in as a character. So a depth to us that is the work of Christ in us. And that results in hope. So hope is less about this transient thing that for me comes and goes. It's a development thing that's been developed in me. Um, So I... Can we lose hope? Yes, we can if our understanding of hope is how we feel about a situation or how we interpret a particular situation at that moment of time. Do I feel hopeful about this or do I feel with a lack of hope around that? Often that's about how we feel. But actually hope is um, more substantial than that. And hope is something that's being developed in us through perseverance and then the development of our character.
2: Yeah, that's great. That's yeah, and I absolutely love that verse as well. Because it is a process, isn't it? It's yeah. not just like you said, it's a feeling. And I think we can um maybe get that from the world, this feeling of hope, like, oh, I don't know, when someone's not very well, we say, Oh, I hope you feel better. Awesome. Um, whereas actually um like it is a process like that person getting better um is a process of them going through it and um, getting the right treatment, all the kind of stuff. Um, So it's not just this initial thing of, oh, I hope you get better um, in that scenario. It is a complete process where God is working through every part of it. Um, And um, I I guess, um, let's talk about kind of salvation, um, if we may. Um, Are there kind of salvation um, issues when, after we've given our lives to Jesus, Um, If someone says that they've given their life to Jesus and then they've hit a point where they've lost hope, they've lost, um, they're kind of considering that faith in in God again. Is that, um, can we lose our salvation, I guess, is the question I want to ask you.
1: Yeah, it's a great, great question. So let's go to scripture because um, you don't need to hear my opinion. Let's understand what scripture says. Now, you could study this uh, in depth for weeks and weeks and weeks Um, and there are uh, two schools of thought around it as well so there is a uh, a very strong school of thought around certain passages of scripture that need careful reading and careful understanding that begin to talk around uh, things like the negative consequences of falling away from faith so for example Hebrews chapter 6 verses 4 to 8 speaks of particular phrases like this Paul says that it's impossible for those that have tasted and shared in the Holy Spirit to be restored again to repentance. And a number of people have interpreted that as that it is possible for us to lose our salvation. But I think you've got to dig in a bit deeper to what that phrase being restored again to repentance actually means. Mm. Um, Because there's, there's a number of things that you could take from that. So, for example, does the passage really mean repentance is the same as salvation? Or does it simply mean that it's difficult for someone who's changed their mind about Jesus to change it back again? Um, And I think there's a number of ways of reading these things. But for me personally, um, I would like to draw us to some scriptures that actually speak of a different assurance um, and I, I want to uh, maybe draw us to three images in the New Testament um, that really speak about the certainty of salvation. Um, one of the problems of talking about, do, can we lose our salvation, is actually wrapped up in the question of what do we mean by salvation? Yeah. Often what people are thinking about when they say, can I lose my salvation, is do I lose eternal life? Um, But actually salvation, when we read it New Testament wise and scripturally, it's way deeper than just um, assurance of eternal life. It's actually a transformative change upon our um, declaration of belief. So what happens in our life, when we say we believe in Jesus Christ, at that moment of time, we are saved. Um, And at that moment of time, I believe something um, eternal takes place in our hearts in our beings there's a change and there's three real quick images uh, in the new testament that point to that the first you find in ephesians chapter one and it's a seal um it says here paul states that um because we've heard and believed in the gospel the gospel of salvation they're marked with a seal um and that's kind of that um that stamp that says this is done, signed, sealed, and delivered, you know, to quote the Stevie Wonder song. It's that sense that actually this is is for once and for all. It's a seal. The second one is one we've talked about loads at Alive, which is that we're adopted. Um, And I don't know masses about the adoption process, but I know it's a legally binding, um, done, finished, completed. When somebody's adopted into a family the family that adopt that person can't reverse that. You can't be unadopted. You're adopted into the family. So we are, it says in Romans chapter 8, we are adopted, the spirit of adoption. We are heirs under the spirit of adoption. So I just want to say that um, the seal and the knowledge that we're adopted, to me, speak of a certainty of some. And then the final image I'll just draw us to, you can find in 2 Corinthians, uh, which is the the image of new creations. So when we're saved, our old person is put to death. We become new creations. And baptism is a seal of that as well, that actually we come out of the waters baptized into our new creation. We are no longer in condemnation. And it's that sense that, again, it's a finished, completed work in us. Now, of course, we're being discipled by Christ, we're growing from one degree of glory to the next, etc. But there is a certainty of salvation. So I, I feel I, I would understand scripture to say that actually salvation is a transformative change. It's, a, it's um, upon the moment of belief, upon the moment of confession, there is a change that takes place. Now, I suppose there's a couple of questions you can dig in a little bit deeper on that. So if I go to church every day of my life or every year of my life, am I saved? No, you're not. Um, The reality is that it has to be a confession of your beliefs. So if you've grown up in church that isn't and you're under say your parents faith those sort of things that's not enough until you make your own declaration of faith in jesus christ but upon that declaration of faith in jesus christ i believe that uh salvation is then purchased is purchased by the blood of jesus for you and it's a gift to you um now the question then is So if I have doubts or I uh, question God, am I going to lose that? I don't believe you are. I believe that God welcomes questions. Uh, Jesus, one of his closest friends was Thomas, the one who we affectionately know as Thomas the Doubter. The one who, in the face of um, even had to touch the wounds of Jesus, to uh, have that sense of assurance that this is true and this is who Christ is. And I, I just get a sense that, that God welcomes our questions. He understands us intimately. We all process the world differently. Some of us are able to walk through the world without too many deep questions. But for some of us, we have to understand the world with a lot of um, thinking and a lot of depth to it and god welcomes that Mm. so um, my my understanding of scripture uh, and my own personal belief is that you can't lose your salvation um, and that god welcomes us to ask questions with him Um, the only thing i would add to that is that uh, the thing that you have to protect when you ask questions of god is to protect the state of your heart Um, you see it's uh it's about how we are when we come to the father And have those conversations with him. If we come with cynicism, then our route to discovery in God is already closed off. We come with an open heart. We come with a set of, God, I don't get this or understand this, but I'm willing to journey with you as my loving father to walk these things out.
0: Amazing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That, that god is a god that wants to discuss with us he wants to have that conversation A loving a present father and actually that means questions that means actually going through and explaining it and understanding mm-hmm. it better he doesn't want to close the door and say it's because i said so it's actually no. You know here here's understand it with me let's journey
1: Absolutely.
0: i'd love to i'd love to turn it uh, a bit more practical i guess um, as uh, just as we come into a close because it might be that um that actually maybe we are struggling with doubt ourselves or maybe um, our friends are or someone we know is struggling with doubt. And, and like we know, we understand that that's now okay and that's part of the process. But actually, what if it's getting the best of us? What if actually our doubt is making us really struggle with our faith or those around us? Um, how do we um, sort of go on that journey and how do we bring ourselves out of that struggle, I guess?
1: Yeah. Well, maybe just talk about two things there. The, f- the first is if you're doubting what to do about that. Well, I, I think if you, I'm not a big gardener, but my garden's got some weeds in it. And where wherever there's weeds, if you don't attend to those weeds, if you don't attend to those things that aren't really gonna be healthy for us in the future, um, then they're gonna overtake you. And in the same way, doubts are a little bit like that. They're things that are worth attending to. So conversations, going to, and. S- I think there's a few things we can do. One is to have conversations with people who are going to help shape us uh, and going to come alongside us and help lift us and give us perspective. And of course, the main conversation for that is a conversation with the Father. And we do that predominantly through prayer and through reading his word. So doubt can be shifted and spoken into when we soak ourselves in our relationship with Jesus Christ. You see... Believing in Jesus isn't a rite or ritual. It's not something we—it's uh, not a religion that we have to do to earn His favor. It's a—we're we, gifted with Jesus. So when we believe in Jesus, Jesus is gifted to us. So there's this sense of learning to um, to love the presence of God. And when we do, it's in that environment that actually those doubts and questions are easier to process in this season of isolation i have found that uh, often my brain goes to places where two and two make uh, five or make 23 um, you know you put a couple of thoughts together and you come up with a conclusion that actually isn't true it's because you've not got the full perspective yeah. Um, yeah. and that's the same with our journey with god Actually, we need to get his perspective. We need to understand what he says. So, in terms of we're doubting, I think there's a few things. One is to be honest about that and to attend to it. Have great conversations with those that you know and love who can help the journey with you through those doubts. And of course, predominantly that is with God your Father through his word and through prayer. And then, secondly, what if one of your friends is doubting? What if one of your friends is perhaps you know, not now attending youth or not attending church and just having one of those kind of wobbles or shakes in their faith. What do you do? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Luke chapter 18 encourages us to do this, pray and not lose heart. Mm -hmm. So there's this sense that actually we're called for all our friends in all seasons of life, wherever they seem to be in their outward visual expression of their love of Christ to pray for them and not lose heart. Um, And then it says in 1 Thessalonians, uh, chapter 5, verse 14, it says, encourage the disheartened. And then in verse 17, it says, and pray unceasingly. Mm -hmm. I just sense that actually for our friends, um, life is complex. There are so many things that are challenging to our faith and for us to have to grapple with and think through. And what they need and our friends will need and will need at times as well is friends to come alongside us to encourage us when we're disheartened and to pray unceasingly. So my encouragement would be uh, for, for you if you're walking through with some friends who are feeling a bit discouraged at the moment is that God's placed you there to be the encourager. And he's also placed you there to pray unceasingly for them. Why not, you know, uh, add your friends to a little prayer list every day and say, in this season, I'm going to pray for them every single day by name. I'm going to lift them before God. And then I'm going to send them an encouraging text or I'm going to call them that day or I'm going to hang out with them on Zoom. Or I'm going to, um, you know, do a socially distanced uh, garden party or down the park or whatever. And just that sense that actually I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to be the encouragement that I know I can be in this season because I know that at some point I may need that from others as well.
2: Come on, man. Yeah, that's so good. Howard, thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, yeah, we just love your wisdom um, on that. And we hope our young people, um, you can take something from that and practically apply it to um, to your situation that you're going through at the moment. And um yeah, how we just want to say we really, really appreciate yeah, you joining us so today. Um and we really really just are thankful for you for how you've led um the church through this time as well. Um there's like yeah, there's not many people like you. And um yeah, we're just really, really grateful for you and how you've um how you've navigated the church um through this time. So thank you very much for that. You're you're yeah, you're one in a million, mate. Yeah. You're brilliant.
0: And that actually that actually brings us to the end of our hopeful series wow uh, so Howard, you've closed off our hopeful series um hope for all of our young people it's been beneficial for you don't worry this isn't the end of our podcast we'll, we will be coming back next week with a new series um which by the time this podcast comes out we will have planned it and worked it out <laughs> I, won't, I won't pretend we already have uh but yeah we hope you have an amazing week nick what is coming up for our young people to connect with this week
2: yeah, so like normal, we have connect groups all across the week for all locations. We have our live stream on Friday night, and we are connecting on Instagram at wearealiveyouth with also your location pages as well. So um, just one left, one thing left to say, Matthew. We love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. See you yeah. later. <laughs> we always wait. <laughs> Why <do you> think- <laughs> we wait? I love it. Brilliant.